So a miracle, you know, we often think about these external things as miracles, you know, a statue crying or water into wine, that kind of a thing. But a miracle is changing something into something else that couldn't become on its own. Mm. So when we change ourselves from this judgment, this self, self-resistance, self-rejection, self-judging, even self-loathing, some aspect of not embracing ourself, when we can go from that to fully embracing ourself, even when we screw up or even when someone else is unhappy with us and maybe we didn't handle something the best way that we could have, when we can go from that to acceptance. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Being Inspired Radio Show. My name is Amanda Johnson, your host, and today I am back with another divine guest, someone who has swirled into my space and is doing amazing things in the world, sharing her truth, sharing her purpose, sharing her gifts, and we're going to get to know a lot more about her, what those are, how you can receive her gifts more fully. So today with me, we have Noemi Grace, who is a psychotherapist, soul healer, and the author of the new book, An Intimate Dialogue with God, The Miraculous Power of Unconditional Self-Love. Noemi channels new perspectives from God on unconditional self-love, forgiveness, divine grace, and life's purpose. Her new book is the first in a series of books that shares her transformative communication with God and her experience as she learns to apply the divine messages to her life. Her passions include sharing these beautiful uplifting messages and helping people heal their minds, hearts, and souls. She lives with her husband in the Boston area. Noemi, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much, Amanda. I'm so excited to be here. I just, I, I have listened to some of your record, podcast recordings and I have just really enjoyed and been inspired by by the people you interview and, and the conversation that you have with them. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation, to seeing where it takes us. Well, that gave me full body goosebumps. So here we go. That's pretty good. No, I mean, we're also a good start. Okay. What I love about this show, seriously, every inch of my body right now, you know, that's what I love about this show is I get to talk to you. I mean, I have such the honor and privilege of talking to some incredible people, yourself included. And, and every conversation that I have leaves me feeling uplifted, inspired, invigorated. And I have to say, it's probably why I do this. Not even probably. Probably it is why I do this. So I'm so grateful to you for sharing your experience of that. And of course, to all of you out there listening who take the time to be inspired by these conversations, by these people, and see what happens when we really let go of control and trying to force things into being a certain way. I really... I, and I was sharing this with Noemi before we got started. I kind of threw the box out when I when I started this podcast, and so I, I appreciate that its impact is having um, it, it's having the impact that I desire it to have. So, 
We're going to have another one of those incredible conversations today. I can already feel it and know it. And Noemi, of course, as, as I mentioned, has this great book out right now, An Intimate Dialogue with God. And, and we're going to, of course, make sure you all know how to find that, how to get a copy of that, including a free ebook she has. Um, but before we get into all of that, Noemi is uh, one of the things that I know she's here to share in terms of messages and, and gifts with the world has to do with how to stop betraying yourself. And I love this topic. I love the concept of this. And I can't wait to dive in a little deeper to uncover and reveal all the layers that this has. And what I like to do with these conversations, Noemi, is really start with this open-ended question. It's a it's a simple question, yet not always easy to answer. But I love it because it allows us to start to peel back the layers in terms of why you're sharing the message that you're sharing. So the question is this, why do you do what you do? Hmm. Well, I do what I do. I never intended to do what I do. So start with that. It, it, mm-hmm. it, this wasn't sort of something I mapped out in some kind of vision board or vision quest or anything like that. It's, it came to me. These divine messages came to me. I, I began to be able to have this conversation, this dialogue ongoingly with, with the divine where I could hear and I could ask a question and I could receive a response. So as this developed and I started to do that, and again, it came to me, I did desire it. I, I thought it would be great to be able to talk to the divine and and talk about things and get answers to questions that were important to me. But as it started to develop in my life, I began to feel so awakened, alive, vibrant, joyful. And, and joyful is not, was not my natural state of being for a long time. And so this so changed me that it gave me such a deep desire to share with anybody that I can, because I would love for everyone to have this experience, their own unique experience, of course, but of having the opportunity to hear these divine messages, which are about the miraculous power of unconditional self-love. And so learning to love myself has changed everything about my life. And so I do what I do because it brings me joy and it has brought other people joy as well. Yes. What I, I love so much about that specifically, Noemi, when you talked about you didn't plan to do this. You didn't vision board it or, or write it out on a list or, or create a five-year, 10-year plan. And I almost, this just brought me back to what I had said moments earlier. You know, there, there is no box. There is no script for this show. And what happens in our lives when we can let go of the need to have a script or a plan or a vision board even. I mean, we're really starting to kind of push the edges on that one, right? Um, But what happens when we really, really let go and allow to be guided? And I have another question, but I'm going to just go with this one first because this is what's coming up primarily. So can you talk to us a little bit about that? I mean, I think that might be one of potentially the scariest things for most people is this concept of letting ourselves be guided or led 
and not have a plan. Mm. How has that shown up in your life? What does that look like or feel like? What has that experience been like? Mm. Great question. You know, being guided is something that there's always a deeper level to it. Um, So I always wanted to be able to say, okay, what do I do next? And to hear this answer. And it's not necessarily that I... I hear that 24-7, that might get a little overwhelming, but being able to be guided means we need to be able to be still. We need to be quiet. We need to listen to that inner voice, that intuition, that inner being, divine sense within us. And so in order to do that, the first thing we need to do is be willing to be still, be silent, stop letting the mind run like a monkey mind 24 seven. And so gifts that come by being willing to slow down and stop and listen. Mm. And we just haven't really been trained to listen um, that well, which is one of the reasons people go to psychotherapists like myself, um, mm. because listening is just not something that, that we're, we've been, we're good at for most of us. Mm. And so that, that ability to listen the willingness to listen, right? So there's listening, but then there's also this willingness to follow what our intuition is telling us, follow what that inner voice is telling us or the, or the divine is telling us in whatever way we communicate with the divine, which isn't always the way I do. Um, And so we have to be willing to follow as well. And so that part I think is the scary part, you know, listening, sure. Listening sounds great, but what if I hear, okay, it's time for me to move on from a relationship or it's time to make a choice or do something, you know, different financially or, or, or anything that job wise. And so without the willingness, we'll listen, we'll hear it a little bit, but then we will, since we're not ready, we will stop listening. And so it's those two combinations, the listening, the the listening, the ability to stop, slow down, listen, which we, you know, right now at this point in the evolution of of our world is really difficult because the smartphone is notifying you and things are buzzing and beeping at you. and, And there's so many distractions from simply being quiet and listening. And so it's that ability and that willingness to do so. Yes. And, and I love that you added that there's the listening and then the willingness to be guided and follow what you hear. And that to me is the, that's where the rubber meets the road, right? And I'm curious as you're speaking about this, the idea of how that connects to this this concept of betraying oneself. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of piecing it together, right? There's a little bit of, you know, I'll share what comes up for me. And then I'd love for you to expand on that. As I heard you speaking, it's as if when we do listen and we hear and then don't follow, there could be a betrayal of sorts occurring. So can you elaborate more or share more with how this works in your mind or in your experience? Absolutely. A lot of times we may have a gut feel about something, which is one of the ways that our that inner voice is speaking to us. It's not always a dialogue with the divine, like, <laughs> like you know, right? So we get the gut feel and we have the strong sense about something. 
or we have a strong, somebody asks us to do something that just feels like a violation of our boundaries or feels really disrespectful, but, but, and our, our being is going, no, no, but we're like, oh, I can't say no, you know, what's going to happen if I say no? And so we, a lot, you know, we have more intuition, most, almost all of us than we think we do, but we have learned to not follow it because, well, people might not like us or we have to face something we're not ready to face. And so we've learned to not follow that intuition so much. And um, then when we know that we should say no, when we know it, when we really know it, or we get this, we meet someone and inside we know, ooh, this is not somebody that I'm not feeling good about this person. But yet we start to become friendly with them. That is a betrayal of ourself. Our self is telling us our essence, our the true being that we are, which is so deep inside of us, is telling us no, no, but we can't say no, so we say yes. And, and, and that is a real big way that we betray ourselves is by saying yes to something that's, that says no to us. Mm. And, so. I, and I, as you're saying that, no, I mean, that's so powerful. And I want to ask the question, can it go the other way too? And I'm thinking of something very specifically in my life that's coming up right now where my soul is saying yes, and I am saying no. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And certainly sometimes for the, the bigger things, the things that are more related to purpose, um, you know, moving on, uh, going in a new direction, um, there's a, there's an inner yes, but we're not, we feel resistant. We feel unready. We feel scared, scared. So when we feel scared, we say no, even though our inside is resonating with yes. And so, yes, it does go both ways. And so when we have a sense of something strongly and we don't follow it, we, it is a form of self-betrayal because that sense there, that inner knowing knows, it knows what we don't know. And it's hard sometimes to trust that because we, we, we want to have some sense of control. And sometimes when that yes is yet, there's that strong yes. And we don't know how it's, it's going to work out and we don't know how it's going to unfold. We may feel like, Oh, that's too scary. Or I'm not feeling certain, you know? You said such a key word there, trust. And I think that is pivotal to this. It's essential. This, And then the doubt that might come up or gosh, could I really, do I trust myself? Do I trust the universe? Do I trust all that is? Do I trust my, you know, whatever it is, right? Trust, trust, trust. Mm. So you're saying all these things, Naomi, might the question coming up now is, so how do we how do we learn to listen? How do, or, and then how do, I mean, you spoke to listening, right? Getting still, taking time out. How do we begin to stop betraying ourselves either by saying yes, when we mean no, or saying no, when we really desire yes, and, and begin to lean into this guidance and follow this guidance. So one of the things that helps is to tell ourselves the truth. Mm. So we think we tell ourselves the truth. I mean, why would we lie to ourselves? But we tend to, you know, this is why people can stay in relationships that are not healthy for them or jobs that are, 
are demeaning them or a lot of situations because we're not telling ourselves the full truth. So if we can tell ourselves the truth, and again, we have that gut feeling already. If when we talk to someone who, for some reason, we feel either attracted to or there's something about them that we want to be like, we want to be like that. So we, we, we are talking to this person. We're, we're following this person, even following them on social media. But if every time, or not even every time, but sometimes in your interaction with somebody, you get someplace in the pit of your stomach or just somewhere inside you, you have a feeling of, hmm, uh, this doesn't feel good. Tell yourself the truth about that. So there's that willingness again. Be willing to tell yourself the full truth. The full truth can be scary. We're not used to telling it. We're tr- used to um, painting a picture and spinning it and and telling a story about things that presents things in a certain light to us. So once we can start to at least be more honest with ourselves, first recognizing that we're probably not 100% honest with ourselves for good reasons, um, and being willing to be more honest that allows us to now recognize the cost of not following that. So you know, the cost of not following the inner voice, the, the cost of not following that intuition, that knowing, and the cost of not listening. When we listen and then we dismiss what we say, there's a cost. Why would you say, why do you believe we are not being honest with ourselves? You said for good reason. What, what are those reasons? Why are we not being honest with ourselves? Because the ego, the ego fears certain things, mostly loss of control. And if there's something new, a new direction, uh, something new that might feel scary, we might can't control that. We don't have, we don't have enough control. We don't know the outcome. If it's a familiar outcome that we believe will happen we're okay with it because it's less scary so something that is new something that um can feel unsafe and so on the one hand on the other hand of why we don't always where we're not always 100 percent honest with ourselves is that we are maybe not ready definitely not ready sometimes for the consequence of being that honest with us. So if you know that mm, this relationship, this job, this choice that I'm making, this, you know, eating the Ben and Jerry's every night, you know, whatever it is, is not good for me. I'm hurting myself with this. I'm hurting myself by making this choice, but it's my default. It's what I reach for. It somehow makes me feel better. Um, Right. So if you're in a relationship that's toxic, if it's it can also be sometimes really good. But then when it's bad, it's really, really hurtful. And so we take the good with the bad kind of a thing, but sometimes we diminish the bad and and magnify the good into this big thing. Oh, but they told me this or they did this for me. Oh, look, they bought me concert tickets. They must love me. But then. You know, they just said some horrendous things to me. You know, how can I make that all okay? Oh, the concert tickets are very exciting. And so we focus (laughs) on that, you know? 
Mm. And so we're denying the the deeper truth or the full truth, as you said, right? What the full yes. truth is. Now, here's something that it just, it, it's a sticky thing for me sometimes, Noemi, the concept of truth. And this has come up a few times in my life and then a few times even on the show with, with various guests. And I used to be a believer, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this, that there was one truth. You know, it was like the truth, capital T, (laughs) unchanging, right? And then, I don't know, I was shown another possibility. And all of a sudden, that had to shift and break down a bit. And now I'm more in the space of, oh, my, my truth can change. Well, boy, doesn't that feel uncomfortable. Talk about having, you know, lack of certainty, um, when I can't even rely on truth being truth being truth, that's even shake your ground to try to stand mm-hmm. on. So how, how do you address this or, or what is your experience with your truth or another's truth? You know, what, because I think that is something that might come up It's come up for me, especially to be like, well, I, can I again, go back to trust? Can I trust myself? Because my truth today sounds awfully different than my truth last week. Right. So how do we navigate our truth? Well, that's a great question. And if your truth changes week by week, that can make you feel ungrounded, unsteady, a little shaky. If it changes over time because you've grown, you've expanded, and what you saw as the truth a year ago really to you now feels like partial truth, Um, it feels maybe even as an untruth. Uh, So when we grow, our truth grows with us. So there's this beautiful um, description that I receive from the divine is that each one's truth is their vantage point on the landscape of creation. Mm. So that if you're looking in one direction and you see this big shack that's just falling apart and that's what you see, that's your vantage point right then. But someone else who's facing the other direction could see beautiful mountains that you don't see. And so that... One thing that this idea of universal truth has gotten, I think, humanity into a lot of trouble. The one truth that in all my dialogues with the divine was told to me is that God is love and in our essence, we too are love. And that was the one universal truth and everything else is personal truth. So that being said, it's like, okay, so my personal truth may not be the same as yours or the next person's, or the person I'm in a relationship with. And so when we are in a relationship, say, with somebody whose truth is widely, vastly different, it's going to cause some level of either conflict or internal strife, you know, internal tension, internal discord within yourself. So um, either discord between you or or between yourself. And so it's knowing what's the important part is your truth. If somebody else says, this is my truth, that you are this bad person, what's your truth? Yeah, and my body had just full chills when you said the one universal truth that you received is that God is love and that we are all God. We are all that. We all have that within us. And I think there's this, uh, you said it so much more poignantly, but that was the essence. And it's from that one place, can we see 
you know, and, and what are we looking at? And are we looking at it through the eyes of love? And are we coming to it from a place of love? And are we, and I, I often have used this in my own life to discern what voice am I hearing right now? Is this the voice of the divine within me? Is this the voice of my intuition? Or is this a very sneaky, sneaky ego mind who likes to even sometimes play the part of that, right? Oh, let me show you how divine I am. Let me you know, pull out my divinity for you. And it's like, wow, I'm not sure about this. Hold on. But one thing that I got really clear on was that the voice of the divine, my intuition, whatever we would call it, will only speak to me in love. And in mm-hmm. terms, if it came up in any way as being judgmental or um, lacking compassion, or if that word should ever came in, I knew in that moment it was not my divine intuitive nature speaking to me because it just doesn't speak that way. And so if I feel this, any other voice coming in that, yeah, that doesn't mean it's always saying, yes, go do that. It, it may say, <laughs> I would encourage you not to go there, but it would come in from a place of love. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so another truth that I've been told is that there's no love in judgment and no judgment in love, that love and judgment cannot coexist in, in a particular time and place. So that if you're speaking in judgment to yourself or to somebody else, you're not in love. You know, you can always return to love. And it doesn't mean that with the other, if someone did something to you that that you experienced as very hurtful, or, or if it was, say, verbally abusive or emotionally abusive, um, that doesn't mean you should be okay with it. But you can speak from a place of love. You can speak from the place of I am love. And you can speak from the place of your own essence once you get to learn what that is. And, and I talk a lot about that in the book in chapter four. But once you can speak from that place of who you are, which is always based in love, you can address the most non-loving thing without judgment. Yes. Yeah. And tell us a little bit more about your book because, I mean, it's absolutely phenomenal. And I want to paint the picture a little bit more for the reader in terms of, you know, what is it that, and you can tell us a little bit more about you writing it, uh, anything about that story. I know you shared a little bit with us before that you didn't choose to do this, you didn't plan to do this. Then also, you know, what is your intention with the book? You know, what do you... Uh, desire your readers and readers out there to receive through this book? Mm, Wow. That's, thank you. That's very open-ended. Let let me take a second here. So my book is, is the first in a series of books um, that document that are transcriptions of my dialogue with the divine. And this book itself is about the miraculous power of unconditional self-love. So the book is entitled, an intimate dialogue with God. And that's the name of the series. And so each one in the series is going to be about a certain subject. And um, it, writing it, I always knew I would write a book, but I didn't, I, I had tried to write books before, kind of coming from my own mind. And this is not my own mind at all, although I have to apply my mind to make it make sense. But in terms of the organizing and stuff like that, but um, this book came from these beautiful channeled messages that I would receive when I was meditating. And um, it just is about 
helping each one of us to recognize who we really are, which is so much more beautiful and so much more brilliant and so much more powerful than we can imagine. And all the stuff that we tell ourselves that we are is not true. Most of it, some of it may be true, but most of it isn't. Our ego is pretty wounded for most of us. And so we're listening to the ego story and the ego truth in quotes. Um, and we're listening to the mind, which is the ego's best friend, telling us stuff, which is highly judgmental most of the time. And so to, the book is about discovering how amazing we each are. And so it talks about seeing ourselves with eyes of love rather than eyes of judgment or eyes of victim consciousness. Being a victim in life doesn't buy you anything. Um, it talks about loving yourself first. Imagine that. Hmm. Um, and then it talks about discovering the essence of who you are and, and how to do that. And it talks about self-acceptance, unconditional self-acceptance as a miraculous aspect of life and how that can lead to self-abundance. So it's, it's, there's a process that starts with seeing eyes of love and moves into the self-abundance, which is this inner abundance Yes, you can have abundance of millions of dollars, but this is the inner abundance where you you are full and you are abundant internally and in your relationships and in the things that most matter in life. Mm. Um, so, yeah, did I answer your question? Oh, yes, that was gorgeous. And thank I'm you. thank you. And I'm the the title even, and you said it again just now. And I want to hone in on the word miraculous. What is that? What, what does that mean to you? The word and and why? Why is it? How is it a miracle? How is it miraculous? So, a miracle. You know, we often think about these external things as miracles. You know, a statue crying or water into wine, that kind of a thing. But a miracle is changing something into something else that couldn't become on its own. So when we change ourselves from this judgment, this self, self-resistance, self-rejection, self-judging, even self-loathing, some aspect of not embracing ourselves. when we can go from that to fully embracing ourselves, even when we screw up or even when someone else is unhappy with us and maybe we didn't handle something the best way that we could have, when we can go from that to acceptance. Accepting everything, the beauty, which for us we don't, like I said earlier, don't necessarily see how much there is, and accepting the warts too. You know, we're all a work in process. We're a masterpiece in the making. And so to be able to accept all of that, to be able to love all of that without the place of not good enough. Oh, that was great, but this was not good enough. It's like, oh, I can learn from that, huh? I'm just being willing to learn and being willing to grow. And that really is a miracle when you are able to accept yourself without judgment. Mm, I love that. I, I think it's Marianne Williamson who talks a lot about miracles being, and actually I, I now may be misquoting it, may be attributed to a course in miracles, which she, you know, has studied at length and talking about a miracle is a shift in perception. Yes. But I, and I love how you described it too. I, I, both of those are very powerful. This idea of something turning into something else. I mean, water into wine, you know, these things. And I've never thought of it like that. I absolutely love it. The same with 
when we shift our perception, we are turning or changing one thing into another, right? And I love that so much. Yes, yes. And And absolutely, I agree with Marianne Williamson. That's an excellent way of of saying it. And in my book, one of the things that it starts with is learning to see ourselves with eyes of love. So when we can shift our perception Mm -hmm. from self-judgment to self-love, that's a miracle. Yeah. That's beautiful. And I love the reminder because I think sometimes we, I know I did. And, and before I read the book and, and then read A Course in Miracles at greater length, it, I did have this belief that miracles were these big things some far way, you know, outside of me, that, you know, far away in mm-hmm. other lands or, or they were these tremendously large events that would occur in one's life, maybe once, twice, three times if you're really lucky in life, right? Whereas yeah. I've shifted my perception and I see miracles happening every day in, in sometimes in, you know, multiple times a day, right? We're really where we can show up and say, wow, I am seeing this differently or something happened that I can't even, I wouldn't have in the past imagined could have happened. And it doesn't mean that someone started walking on water. It means <laughs> I received a, a note or a message from somebody that I was thinking of, right? So I, I'm realizing that miracles can be much more every day. And that doesn't, to me, take the power out of them. It actually infuses my day with more power. Absolutely. And there's this beautiful quote from Einstein that he said, there are two ways to live life. One is if nothing is a miracle or the other as if everything is a miracle. Yes. And love that. Yes. (laughs) This is what I love about quotes because it's just, it's it's the same as cliches. It, It helps us to succinctly speak truth that we are all experiencing. The, these, I know we said there is personal truth, and that's true. And there's these these experiences that we have being spirits in a human body, in a human form, that mm-hmm. we are connected. And so when Einstein says that, and then you say something similarly, and Marianne Williamson says something, and then I said something, it's like, oh, right, we're all tapping in that same mm, divinity. And there's something beautiful about that. Absolutely. So before we, there's one last question. I, well, I don't know if it's well, the last question, but there's one more question coming up right now that, you know, regarding um, this concept of betraying oneself, because I think, you know, we've talked to these different spe- pieces of it and, and, and there's, I am curious, you know, given what we have already said, and maybe it's unrelated, but I imagine it'll be somehow connected is, you know, what, how do you see the majority of us betraying ourselves most often, like how, what would you say is like, yeah, this is how we often betray ourselves. Um, what does that look like? Just to give our listeners a, a sense of being able to check in and go, do I do that? What's happening? Mm, okay. So actually in my book, it says that the top way that we betray ourselves is through critical self-talk and that the mind is constantly droning 24 seven. It's, it's like, a, a TV or a playlist in the background that you're not listening to, just going and saying something, shooting out something into the ether there. And so the mind is going on chattering and redundantly, very much so 24 seven, if we're not aware um, and saying a whole lot of self-critical things. And in those self-critical things that we're not aware of, but are being repeated over and over again, the subconscious takes that on and we start to 
believe it without realizing it. And so we betray ourselves at such a basic level of what we're thinking about ourselves, what we're telling ourselves internally about ourselves. And of course, if we verbalize any of that, that's also more betrayal. And so that's the other main way that we betray ourselves is in our choices. And we, we talked on that, we covered, you know, touched on that in terms of not following that inner knowing of mm, no or yes and doing, doing, you know, not the opposite. Mm. And so it's in our choices and it's also in part of that choices is how we communicate. So if we do say the no, we may do it in such a watered down, convoluted way in this dance of, well, if it's not too inconvenient or, you know, if it's okay with you, then I don't say yes, you know, and by the time we're done with it, it makes it so easy for the other person to go, uh, no, I need you to say yes. Mm-hmm. And so, so it starts with the thought, but then it leads into the action. And, um, when we diminish ourselves in our thought, how we feel is not necessarily valid enough. Um, ple- displeasing someone else to please ourselves as a result of pleasing ourselves is not okay. And so we could become not okay with our with ourselves. We're more okay with other people. And so I, I, I didn't answer one thing. I just kind of tried to tie it all together into the the way that most of us experience the self-betrayal. It's not such a you know massive major horrendous decision that we made but it's these small things every day and that that's i mean that's such a beautiful of answering it because to me that's how it's that's the impact that it's having it isn't this one oh i did this one thing one time in my life no it is that daily it's it's similar it's it's the opposite of the miracle right where it's like those small daily miracles can have so much power in our lives equally mm. small daily self criticisms and judgments have just as much power so if i'm in this mm. shoes i'd much rather choose the daily miracles than the daily self criticism and that is a journey and it's a perception shift. It's turning one thing into another. It's turning those criticisms into miracles. And of course, that's what your book is here for. That's why things like this radio show exist. That's why the books I write. And I mean, that's why a lot of us are doing what we're doing is so that all of you out there listening, if you aren't already living a life that has more miracles than criticisms, then you are, uh, you have so many resources and places to be reminded of how to do that and and where that comes from. So of course, Noemi's book is one of those. We're going to make sure you know exactly how to find it on her website at noemigrace.com. And actually, if you go there, you can even get a free ebook um, with excerpts and quotes from the book. So you can get a, a taste of it and really feel the impact and the wisdom and the the blessings that come from this channeled guidance directly from the divine. Now, we are not fully done yet, but I want to make sure that you all know exactly where to get this. Like I said, the links will be in the show notes as well. But Noemi, before we let you go, I do want to turn it around a little bit to ask you a few specific questions that I ask each of my guests at the end. Um, And this is for us to know a little bit more about what inspires you, because I know I'm feeling inspired and I trust many of our listeners are as well. So the first question is, who is a source of inspiration for you and why? 
Okay. Well, I would say Esther Hicks. And for those that don't know who she is, she channels a spirit being called Abraham. I guess it's a spirit collective in that's on the spirit level, not in physical form. And she has been doing this for a long time and she's devoted her life to sharing the messages she channels and her messages are a lot about manifesting and she's manifested. She became the embodiment of this messages that she channels. And um, that's something I desire to do to become that embodiment of the message of divine love as self love. That's the form of love we're talking about in the book and someone who experiences those miracles that come from unconditional self-love and self-acceptance. And and I'm ready for abundance on every level, you know, like the physical abundance is good too. I'm embracing that as well. Beautiful. And I love that it's she she's the embodiment of her message. And what a beautiful reason to be inspired by another. So gorgeous answer. The second question I have is what place or activity most inspires you right now? Mm. Well, I really just love receiving these divine messages. It's more about the activities because I can do this in any place. Um, So just sitting and receiving and listening is so amazing. And then along with that, sharing it and, and conversations like this, conversations that are inspired, that are uplifting, having those conversations with different people, it just really inspires me in a way that that very few things do um and travel the idea of travel inspires me because i'm not doing very much of it now so just the holding holding a vision of travel that inspires me to to sacred places around the world beautiful yeah there i've had a few answers on this show where the activity that inspires is the visioning of what one would be inspired by. And so I think there's power in that, right? So really to allow our, our imaginations to inspire us if those, if our actions in that moment aren't right. So I think, again, that gives everybody here listening permission. You know, if you, if you find yourself saying, Oh, well, I can't do this, or I'm, I'm not in a position to go do that, et cetera, et cetera. Um, of course, let's check the victim mentality. And before that, at least <laughs> the knowing of, well, at least I can envision it. I can imagine it. I can daydream about it. And that can bring inspiration. And then you'll start to notice what miracles occur from that. So my final question is, um, and and this sometimes, well, anyway, I'll just, I'm not going to preface it. I, I often preface this one. I'm just going to ask it. What is one book that has inspired you on your journey? Hmm. So hard to limit to one. So I'm going to say two. Um, one book that I know you can relate to is Marianne Williamson's A Return to Love. I memorized that section on page 190. <laughs> our greatest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our greatest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. And I read that and I memorized it and I said it over and over for a few years. And it started, that was really an early part of my journey. It started to change me. And the other one that I feel like I need to mention is Neil, Neil Donald Walsh's conversations with God. Because when I read that, I said, I want to have a conversation with God too. I was pretty insistent on it. I was stamping my feet. I want that. 
<laughs> well, I am literally, my skin is about to like crawl off of me. I have so many goosebumps right now. <laughs> I like, I mean, I, of course, a return to love has been very influential on my journey. And I have had the pleasure of reading a fourth book of uh, Donald Neal Walsh's. So, um, I, yeah, it's just phenomenal phenomenal books that you pointed us to. We will uh, also link to those in the show notes. So for anyone who is thinking, ooh, those those also stood out, go ahead and just get a copy of all of the books. Get one of Noemi's, uh, grab a copy of Marianne Williamson's, and of course, you could also check out Donald Neal Walsh's. Noemi, this conversation has uh, absolutely served me in uplifting, inspiring, opening my heart and mind a little bit more this morning. So thank you so much for taking time to be here and to bring your self and your gifts and who you are to the table and share it with all of us. Oh, thank you for having me, Amanda. It's just having me on your show. It's, this is, I said, what most inspires me is sharing about the sharing connection, that deep connection of truth. And so I am very inspired as well. I have thoroughly enjoyed this and I'm so grateful to have had this opportunity. Mm, well, this is, again, such a gift for all of us, those of you listening. We wouldn't be doing this if it weren't for you in some way, because this is a, an exchange. So we are giving and receiving within this container and also knowing that whatever we're giving is being received, and then you are turning around and giving to another. So again, make sure to check out the links in the show notes. Check out Noemi Grace at noemigrace.com. That's N-O-E-M-I grace.com. Download a free ebook. I mean, there's nothing better than free. And then, of course, you can buy her book there um, also on Amazon, I imagine. Is that correct? Yes, it's on Amazon. Great. So check it out. And then also you can find her on, on the social media. Find her on Facebook at Noemi Grace Author. Follow her, see what she's up to. If anything that we said here today inspired something within you, there's a good chance that more of what she puts out into the world will resonate. So it's a great opportunity to be uplifted and inspired each and every day. And until next time, thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe so that you are made aware of the next amazing conversation that we have here on the Being Inspired Radio Show. You can always share these with loved ones, rate them and review them so more people also are being notified of this show and these stories and tales and conversations of inspiration. And I'm going to send you all many, many blessings. Till next time.